right, welcome to Cancelled. We are here once again in the illustrious Cap City Comedy Green Room. One of the few green rooms I've ever been in that's actually green. I'm not yes. sure it's like an interesting... That's true. I feel like that's a decision that they made, but it's an odd choice. Not it's, just it's... a green, a, a very particular drab olive green. Yeah, yeah I for feel like sure. They really put thought into the green. It really goes well with the Latino Comedy Project July 1998. We saw, we, we came, we saw, we kicked a little culo. Yes. Uh, signature that somebody left on the one of the ceiling tiles. This room used to be covered in graffiti. Uh-huh. Like comics had signed every inch of these walls. Like comics that had come through. Famous comics. Right. Rapists. Uh-huh. <laughs> Vince Champ had literally signed the walls here at one point who was like a okay. – that guy who went on, was on Star Search and went around being like a clean college comic but also raping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I want to say it was Paul – F. Tompkins had written under it, like, this guy's a rapist. Like, like it, this wall was covered in really interesting yes, graffiti. Useful. That is now, yeah, informative, informative graffiti. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, yeah. it is now. Well, at least we have green. the ceiling tile hopefully pointing out that the Latino Comedy Project are hacks. hacks. Yeah, somebody wrote yes, hacks. Somebody wrote hacks. Era, which is, uh, I figured, I mean, we could probably just guess. That's rude. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that being said, we are back. It's time for more Erie, Indiana. With me for the duration, Karina Magyar's here. How you doing? I am so excited to talk about these. Episodes. Oh, really? Yes. Ah, see, I feel like I like two out of three. Yes. Um, let's see where if we agree on. I feel like we'll okay. be close. Okay. The first one, obviously, we're going to agree on. Yes. The first episode was really good. First episode was a winner. Okay. Well, we'll figure out where we go from the next. Okay. Episode. Okay. How's okay. things? What's up? What's up with you? You uh, you advanced in the FBI, correct? Yep. Did that and so, uh, so you're the pre. It's a for those that don't know, it is funniest person in Austin contest mm-hmm. time here. There are 220 entrants this year, I think. Something 222. Like although two people dropped out the first night, so I think you're oh, accurately not, not yeah. bad. Uh, so yeah, so you advanced to the, yeah, your prelim round, so that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll just be going for like another. Another 172 weeks or something like that? Yeah, there's another four or five weeks of it. Until of we prelims, get... right? Oh, no. Just another three weeks another of three prelims. Weeks of prelims. Okay, and so. then two more weeks of just contests. Three stuff. weeks of three nights a week. Yes. Prelims. Yeah, it's a big contest. With 15 or 16 comics a night. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a lot of goddamn comedy that I... Yeah, I'll, I'll catch up with the random semis. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, I'm not sticking around for all this. Um, <laughs> that being said, congratulations on advancing. Thank you. You were one of my picks as... Uh, I'm assuming you were for most people. Um, all, the, all the smart money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not to be a dick. Hmm. It's Mike McCrazier, right? Like, can we just say it? Oh, well, that was interesting. So he was he was in prelims last night. Mike McCray is a ringer. Um, uh, yeah, no, like no doubt about it, ringer. Um, but he seemed more nervous than anybody else. I, I feel you. Which he is definitely seemed a little nervous from just my postings I saw on the internet. But mm-hmm. and I've been busting his balls for years about like mm-hmm. the only reason anyone has won is because he hasn't entered a contest. But like <laughs> we'll see. I yeah. feel like I mean it's not a lock is the wrong word because you know any given Sunday and all. But like I he's going to be tough to beat. I think if he gets into finals, yes. I, but you never know what's going to happen in semis. That's They're true. really weird. That is true. Yeah. They're almost eerie Indiana weird. <laughs> Segway, bitch. Episode 10. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are up to episode 10, mm-hmm. The Lost Hour. Yes. Uh, I fucking really like this episode. Yeah. At first, it seemed like it was going to have a really obvious premise, and I thought I knew where it was going, but then it did a double a double twist or a, a double genre thing yeah, on this, which yeah. was cool. Where, where did you think it was going? Because I did not. I, fe- I, I Obviously, it was going to be some sort of time thing. Right. Uh, so the setup for the episode is that uh, uh, Marshall and Simon are having a sleepover, <laughs> and uh, the father comes in to tell them to go to sleep, and they're like, oh, but it's it's daylight savings time, so mm-hmm. we should get another hour to stay up later. We're informed that Indiana doesn't do daylight savings. Which is true. Right. So it's actually interesting to me that the first five minutes of this episode are spent in a fairly intense political discussion about the origins <laughs> the and meaning of, of daylight, of daylight <laughs> savings time. I do like very much that one of the reasons why Indiana doesn't do it is because farmers say cows would be confused. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, and I had a feeling that was accurate. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that probably like from an almanac like that's a, one of the reasons um 
We also have another hint at Simon's terrible home life. Oh, yes. As he, uh, when they come in and say, the brother's like, I'm sure Simon's parents would expect him to be in bed by now. And Simon's like, yeah, my parents don't really tell me when to go to bed. I'm like, yeah, of course not. You fucking live in a terrible house where you're not parented. And they, it's not it. a throwaway line either. Like Marshall mom, oh, Marshall's a, mom takes a beat and goes, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like when he, said, when he says it, it's a fucking one shot on him, mm-hmm. like close up mm-hmm. of him delivering this line about how sad his fucking life is there's a fair amount of he'll cry later to, in this episode there's a we'll fair amount yeah yeah yeah. but there's yeah. also a fair amount of like continuing storyline happening yes. in this episode mm-hmm. i don't know if we want to jump to it right away but we'll, well yeah we'll, we'll, we'll so the, the the nut is that that simon or that marshall feels ripped off he didn't get his extra hour for daylight savings he says screw it i'm sending my watch an hour back and then promptly goes to bed immediately which, which i don't understand like you just well, unless, like your, if his whole thing was he wanted hour. to stay <laughs> Excuse me. His whole thing was he wanted to stay up an extra hour. Right. I could understand it if he was an adult. Like I get, I feel like we, I would have got ripped off for my extra hour because I wanted to sleep in. Right. I wanted, but that's no. He wanted to hang out and party and watch movies. Well, I was a little disappointed. Closing time at bars. Don't you do that thing? Daylight savings. You know. Yeah, but I always I work at a you bar. Work and I fucking hate it. Like <laughs> go home, you fucking alcoholics. Anyway. Also, I, I get it because I'm that alcoholic. But still, uh, I was a little disappointed that the mom, because like at first it's the dad coming in and be like, turning off the TV. I don't want to t- tell you again, blah, yep. blah, blah. Then yep. the mom comes in, and I was really expecting the mom to be like, oh, let them watch their movie or whatever, mm-hmm. because she has like continuously been that voice. But you know, even her, she was like, no, you got to go to sleep. And they introduce while this whole business is going on. For some reason, the kids, while they're watching their movie, are really just chugging, pounding the milk. Well, They've got the whole milk also, There's also a bottle of uh, chocolate syrup. So they're clearly oh, drinking chocolate milk. Cool. But what I found funny is the mom takes the milk away, yes, but not the chocolate syrup. You can drink that all you want. <laughs> Just fucking pour it straight down your fucking fat gullets. But we got to get this milk in the fridge. Uh, but yes, there is a missing girl, right. uh, Janet. Something or other. Which they the, just don't put missing kids on milk cartons anymore. I was about to, I wrote that down. Do they do that anymore? I don't think they well, do. it's been replaced by the Amber Alert text, right? You right. Get those when we get an Amber Alert. But I also feel like that's got just a trope that's gone. It is. Like, no, kids wouldn't get that as a thing anymore, right? They, yes. Like, you can't make that reference or have that be a... Like, in this, it's an actual, like, plot point right and right it just wouldn't work no now it's all you're either in the the, the foyer at walmart <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. or an amber alert text <laughs> or like uh a weird facebook post that you don't know if it's real or not yeah where, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah totally so anyway uh marshall sets his, his clock back an hour and where i thought it was going was that marshall would be an hour behind everyone he'd wake up and he'd do something and then he an hour later people would react to, to it, it. Okay. he's moved on. i thought it was gonna be one of those weird but you know time yeah, travel yeah, yeah, things yeah. and it is in an interesting way but yeah uh and it's very much have you ever seen the uh either read or seen the tv movie version of the langoliers yes the stephen king yeah. it's that it's it exactly that it's uh, totally it replace the langoliers being the like weird black monsters that eat time mm-hmm. with garbage men Wearing uh-huh. men in black suits, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it's it's basically that. But for those that don't know, Marshall wakes up and he's an hour be- he is an hour behind everybody. But in this world, that means everyone's moved on. No mm-hmm. one's there. The whole world. It's just an empty world. Uh, and these garbage men just are driving around a truck that says removal, and they're sort of picking up what we find. They're picking. It looks like trash or whatever. But it, it, we find out that their job is to remove things that don't belong and get rid of matter that's not supposed to be there, mm-hmm. i.e. Marshall. We find this out. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, this is I fucking love this so much. Yes. Um, because Marshall is almost run over by a goddamn milk truck. Uh, if you have listened to the last episode, you will understand that's the significance. If you haven't, milk trucks in Erie have been responsible for multiple homicides. Um, <laughs> Not only that, but let's let's point out that Marshall runs into the milk the side truck, of the milk which truck, like yes. reinforces that he's an hour behind. Because if he was on time, he would have been plowed. Yeah, by yeah, 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 so, like, yeah, yeah. He yeah, hits the milk truck, sense. but he's he's running away from the garbage men. Right, we're chasing him. At which point, he runs into this milk truck. The milk the milkman's this really old guy with long hair. Right, we finally meet the milkman. Finally meet the, the milkman. homicidal milkman. And it, he, he saves Marshall. Yes. And Marshall's like, ask how old he is. He says he's 105 years old. 105 and a half. Which adds to the thing of the old milkman's kind of always been there. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like we saw in the previous episode, the ghost of uh, Toby McGuire mm-hmm. was killed in like the 1920s. And then his friend was killed in 1990. So like this milkman's always been driving his milk truck. <laughs> or so it would seem. Right. Uh, 
he tells Marshall that like he kind of explains what's happening. You're an hour behind. Mm-hmm. We've got to you've got to get you out of here. However, there's also another missing kid here, and it's Janet from the side of the milk truck. Right. And you have to go find her so we can get her and you back. She's been she's been in the what they refer to as the lost hour, right. which is this hour where everything's moved on for a year. The whole time she's been missing, she's they thought she's run away. Really, she's she just slipped into the lost hour the because lost I, hour. I guess she set her watch back too. And uh, what's interesting is that in the milk truck, they uh, Marshall can look in the back window, and then he appears to be looking out of a milk carton. What, what's, so, what's actually in the back of the milk truck, as described by the milkman, is whatever needs to be there. Right. Which is an interesting turn of phrase. It because is. it means not necessarily that what's back there is always what's back there. Mm-hmm. It's not always just a view through a milk carton, although in this instance it is and it is for the girl because eventually mm-hmm. later she is shown that same view so she understands that her family somewhere and she can get back to them um but it seems to me like this milkman i expect us to get more milkman throughout the run of this show yeah and i think that's going to play a part or if maybe we don't get in the season i feel like it would have the milkman they clearly were setting up a lot of milkman a business. lot of milkman's business yeah. right mm-hmm. and particularly that i feel like that line is very much a like okay this is going to play into a thing we're going to see his milkman totally. again and the next time there's going to be something different in that truck because right. it's what needs to be there and they establish that only simon notices that marshall's looking out from the milk box yes. and they can can't hear each other i don't think but he can well they you can later mm. right well i think he's reading lips or he's okay. gesticulating i don't know because we can hear marshall we can hear yelling. marshall yelling <laughs> Um, so yes, yeah, so now he's in this lost hour, and uh, so the milkman says you've got one hour to uh, you know save this girl so I can get you back. And uh, here, here's the keys of the car, and Marshall's he gives just like, Marshall's dad, and uh, I'm going back to Jersey. Doesn't fuck get all y'all immediately. <laughs> it's like fuck all y'all. I'm going uh, back to Jersey. At one point, he does. He goes and meets this girl because he 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 fuck all y'all twice. Yes. Uh, the first, as soon as he gets the car, I and it's such an obvious, clearly has to happen gag, but like fits. And kind of helps re- like keep this centered as a kid show. Yeah, is the second he's given the car keys, he backs up into the house because he doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> right, he's thirteen. What the fuck does he know how to drive? <laughs> um, but then he pulls away and he figures it out. He's like, I got the whole road to myself. He's driving everywhere. Um, he eventually meets the girl played by a very young Nikki. Nikki Cox, Cox. Uh, which was which is I'm almost creeped out by myself because I'm looking at her as a little girl. I was like, that's gonna be Nikki Cox, and then I was like, oh, that's real gross. Oh, see, <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't recognize her until I saw the credits, and uh, I was just no, thinking I the whole episode. I, I Google did. I looked it up. I knew her immediately. Oh no, that I didn't. Was Nikki Cox. I had no idea. All I knew was I was watching the episode going, I like her. She's good. <laughs> She's great. She's better. As a little kid, then yes. she is as grown up Nikki Cox, and she is wearing some awesome shit. She and has she some is weird. That is a weird. That was the thing weirdest... of that time period too. Yeah. Of like, here's how we'll make girls badass or like quirky or different. We'll have them like in just weirdly adorned. She's, she's wearing like a half military jacket with a bunch of like somewhat medals, but also like a cat button. She's and just then, like, accessorized like, with everything yeah, she yeah, could yeah. possibly shoplift from this world without adults. That's which the, is yeah, brilliant, which is awesome. And yeah. the fact that she is basically just living in the world of stuff, as far as we can tell, mm-hmm. and just living off of stuff from the world of stuff. <laughs> Um, which the I life uh, sustaining world of stuff. Yeah, 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 she saves Marshall when they first meet. Yeah, uh, and then like they, he, you know, he convinces her that she he's not you know not a danger. She does say at one point, and nothing's ever said about it again. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm the only one here until now. You she, well, there was this other guy, Mister right. Papadell or some whatever the fuck she says. Right, but he uh, disappeared. But he's gone. He right. went to see the milkman one day, and he never came back. But they never, I mean, obviously the milkman got rid of him, but we don't know who that was, how he got there, how many people are getting through this lost hour. Why is the milkman still in the lost hour? Um, <laughs> I can't, I couldn't figure out if they were just establishing that the milkman was your way out or if they were like well, referencing some character that we met in an earlier episode. But the milkman's not your way out. The only way out, right. as they establish later in the episode, is you have to go back to the exact place you were when you slipped through right. Marshall Case's bed, her case somewhere in her house. And turn the clock, your watch back at the exact moment yep. of the time at, of the daylight say of the time you slip through or whatever, and you'll you'll wake up where you're supposed to be. Um, here's what I the whole thing where we got distracted, and I meant to say the second fuck all y'alls <laughs> is 
he picks her up and she's like, you got to get used to it. You're never going to see your family again. It almost drove me crazy when I thought I would, but now that I got over it, life school, I can do whatever the hell I want, play video games, I'm stealing shit, it's awesome. And he's like, in the car, he's like, hey, you want to go to Jersey? And they get in the car. <laughs> And, and then uh, Vegas? And they start going, like, and, and they're like, she's like, hey, can we stop at Disneyland on the way? And they're like, sure. Yeah, I love, like, I do like that fact that they're kids and don't know where shit is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I also have apparently a 13-year-old idea of geography because I'm terrible at where things are. Uh, it took me a minute to be like, could they go to fate? No, no, Vegas is still going to be left. Um, <laughs> they, and they're like, oh, maybe we go to Vegas, we go to the Grand Canyon, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marshall pulls up to his house, and he's like, uh, this is my house, and then on voiceover, he's like, you know, I'm gonna kind of miss it, but I'm mm-hmm. sure she must have missed her kid, blah blah blah, and whatever. And she's like, all right, let's get to going to Vegas, or let's go to Jersey. Like the yeah. second time, he is so fast, he's literally thinking about his family, and then his only response is, "Fuck it, let's go to Jersey." Doesn't give a fuck. He has found an escape from, from Gary, town, which is all he he's wanted about. this whole time. It's all he cares about is getting out of this town, and he is a hundred percent willing to ditch Simon and his entire family <laughs> in a heartbeat and live in a world with no one else. Like he's just this fine. Chick- just well, this he chick. met a girl, and so he does. He did meet a pretty cute girl, and yeah. then like fourth episode in a row for him. He's fan, on a fan. roll. Yeah, he is on a roll. It's very true. <laughs> um, I also uh, 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 so. They find like they get chased by the ma- the garbage men again. Yeah. They go uh, the the milkman saves them, drives them to her house. Basically, there's a convincing moment where they show her the back of the milk truck because she's like, "Oh, I'll never see my family again. Get it over, get it through your thick skull. I don't care about my family." Yeah. They show her the back of the thing. They see her family's still sad. They've never given. A- it's a creepy, weird line because Marshall's like, they've never given up. Luckily, at one point after she gets returned, yeah. they go, lucky for her that her family's never given up loving her. As if that's, Is that's what families do when kids go missing. Like, like when she show up and they be like, days, fuck her, and no. then just go about your shit. You're too late, chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so they, they do the thing and they get through the time portal. But before they go, two significant things happen. Number one, Marshall kisses Nikki Cox on the lips. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Good yeah, for Marshall. For sure. Um, good for Mars, who's not called <laughs> hey, Mars anymore. Uh, they, uh, Simon does in Simon the does? fucking third episode. Oh, he mentions right. it briefly, but we'll come back to that. Okay, okay. Um, but then also, as he is, as Marshall's doing his... Okay, so Marshall, has to, Marshall left his watch back in the present right, in the, or yeah, whatever. He doesn't have Simon, his watch, so... Simon si- has to do it, and he has he, to pants him. Yeah, he tells him through the milk carton. Right to turn my watch back simon figures out how to do it at the very last second he can't work the buttons or whatever which is annoying because his line is digital i hate digital you're a 12 year old kid in 1991 you wouldn't know nothing but digital well there's a couple weird moments of writing that just falls a little flat in this episode like to me that's forced it's just a way to have a beat the clock moment yep uh also um when the milkman's going to explain to nikki cox how they have to get back or whatever yeah he says like uh, he's like, well, if this is the Wizard of Oz, you'd click your heels three times and go right back. But really, it's a little more complicated than that. And he starts to be like, you know, time is a Mobius strip of whatever. And Marshall's like, hey, cut the bullshit. Just get to it. How do we? <laughs> Which I like. <laughs> Which I, I cool. really yeah. like that a lot of him. Like, hey, enough with the nonsense. Let's just get to it. How do we get back? He goes, oh, well, it's actually quite simple. I'm like, yeah, but two seconds ago, you just you said just... it was pretty complicated. Like, at least, come on. Yeah. And I get it. And I keep having to tell myself it's a kid show. This isn't Breaking Bad. But it's the rest of the episode is actually pretty fucking well written and tight. Right. So it's those moments stand out to me. There's little moments of dialogue that you, you figured somebody, uh, producer or somebody made notes to rewrite for like children to understand what's uh, going the on. The writer of this episode is mm-hmm. uh, one Vance DeGeneres, Ellen yes. DeGeneres' brother. That's right. And uh, the director of this and the next episode are Bob Balaban. Holy shit. Yeah. Which is I, which weird. crazy, the director of the third episode is Ken Quapis, who would go on to direct a ton of shit in like mm-hmm. episodes of Freaks and Geeks and yeah. uh, like like movies people love that I've never seen. I think he directed like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which I know is a thing of, of our certain oh, right. people, mm-hmm. which is not my cup of tea. Uh, but a ton of shit. He's gone on to direct a ton of stuff. So yeah, this, like a this show's a good incubator. Of, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so anyway, uh, but just before Marshall gets sent back, the mar- milkman reveals sort of... Who well, he he flat out. I mean, he doesn't just say, "Hey, I'm you," but, but he goes like he's, the marshal asks him something about like oh, how why well, are you I still here? You. I yeah. see you again, that kind of shit or whatever. And he's like, "You may you just may find yourself back in the lost hour." Marshall's wearing like this key necklace around his neck, and it has been the whole show. Has this, been the whole show. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just the thing. 
the mailman pulls it, pulls a, a matching one out, mm-hmm. and Marshall's like, "Are, are you?" Set? It's a little annoying because like that happens, and there's this "oh shit" moment. Yeah, and Marshall's like, "Wait, are you saying I'm you?" And it's like, "I know." Okay, this is another we have to hammer the shit home for right. kids a little bit. But uh, so okay, there's there's three ways to look. I want to discuss. This yeah, 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 this for sure. Because this is a huge moment. Because if so, is he the milk truck driver that right. been around? Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. there's those, there's okay a couple different theories we've been playing with this whole podcast. Number one, that everything's perfectly normal and Marshall is insane. A, a mentally ill person. Okay. Right. Um. So that is like is the milkman like a, a mental projection of Marshall's feeling of being stuck in Erie for the rest of his life? Then number two, the thing we've been playing with, which is like, is the milkman like this murderous force, and is Marshall a murderous force because right. everybody he comes into contact gets in danger pretty soon? <laughs> yeah, and there's been that. a couple times where he seemed to almost kill somebody on purpose. For sure. If he's the milkman, then now we have seen him murder two people in this show. A hundred percent. I will also say, uh, I don't know if it counts as murder, but when we get to the third episode about tornadoes, he definitely assists in a suicide. Yes. But we will get there. <laughs> we will get there momentarily. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. Is it or? Is it a whole other third story, which is right. that he is also in this alternate timeline, the 95-year-old man who is stuck in the Lost Hour has been there forever. Right. And now he will eventually meet him or become him. Those timelines might converge. Yes. If That's we take like a, this show like straight and seriously, yeah, we take the show as written. is all this stuff happening to Marshall because he's some sort of Doctor Who type? Right. Who can time travel? He has all these abilities he just doesn't know, know about, about. And like the supernatural is attracted to him for some reason. Like, is he a superhero? Right. Which hadn't really been introduced yet, which is kind of a cool kind thing. Kind of an to think interesting about. twist. Yeah. Um, Marshall gets back just at the nick of time. Mm-hmm. The daughter or the, the new girl, Janet, is back with her family. I feel like we're never going to see her again, which is like. <sighs> Uh, this could have been a really good way to introduce her as a recurring character. She I was like so her. Cool. She was great as a character. Yes. And like spunky, but not in that like trite Mm-mm. way. Like you could see her joining the group. Yes. As and like I also feel like she might be a slight like a year younger than like she might be in between Simon and Marshall. I think Simon would like her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's a little clo- he's closer to her mm-hmm. age, so that they probably still ride bikes and that kind of shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I felt like that she could have been a cool introduction of another character a way i felt about professor zircon in the second episode which we'll get to in a moment right um marshall wakes up the girl's back in her life Mm -hmm. he back to keeping a thing for the for the shelf which he hadn't done in a few episodes yeah he keeps the milk carton because now that he's back and she's back there's no picture the missing missing and it's just a blank square which okay, so again, which is a terrible piece of evidence that's just a misprinted milk carton. Like there's nothing supernatural about it. And then if we if we go back to the theory that none of this is happening and Marshall is just a crazy kid, the only thing that happens is his parents come in and he wakes up from his bed and he had slept in. Right. What if that is what happens? The whole, yes, all dreams. I mean, Simon is his only, and you know, Simon's disturbed. I'm Simon's sure. Definitely uh, at least post traumatic stress disorder from right? in his house. So who knows? And or, he had told Simon the night before, like he is running. He is running away from. He foreshadowed the yeah, whole New Jersey thing. Away. I want to run away. If Simon got messed up, didn't see his friend in the room, drew some conclusions, could have gone through this whole hallucination. For sure. And then, like, you know, Marshall just plays into it because they have this misprinted milk carton that didn't have a missing kid on it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's still the possibility that none of this it, is happening. It stands... It unle- like, unless... The only way that's true now is if Janet and her family don't exist. Right, right, because, but we never meet them again. We only well, we see, see them, them from Janet's the, perspective. Well, I mean, we see them. He's not there when we see them. That's true. We when she shows up back at the house and he's in voiceover. He's That's not like looking true. through a window or something. They're just there. You're true. Yeah. Um, okay. But that being said, that doesn't mean they're not. That could. That still all happens prior to him waking up in that bed. Mm-hmm. So that could all still be dream sequence, essentially. Who knows? Who knows? I am way more into the theory that Marshall is a murderous milkman with supernatural <laughs> abilities That's my than favorite. anything else. Because <laughs> um, malevolent I like this... Marshall is my favorite Marshall. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I liked this episode very much. I think it continued the the run of good episodes from the last week that we did last three that we did I felt it was strong mm-hmm. uh, I thought the story was was interesting and different in a way that a lot of these aren't like they like you said you thought it was going to go this way yep. and it, it went a different direction than you would have thought and it had a twist at the end that spoke to the overall arc of the show so, for sure hundred yeah. yeah. percent really enjoyed it I enjoyed the next episode 
I have exact different reasons for enjoying this next episode. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the next episode is called Marshall's Theory of Believability. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have problems. All right. Let's just get into this episode. So episodes, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm thinking ahead because I have problems. I have like severe problems with this episode. Okay. Um, well, what, is this the episode you liked or the episode you didn't like? I did like this episode. Okay. I'm with you. I liked it more than the, fo- the episodes that's going to follow. Yeah. Um, this episode starts, uh, a museum of the weird has moved into Austin. It's in the back of a truck. Essentially, uh, to, to Erie. To, I said Austin. There's already there's already a museum of the weird here, and it's really not that weird. It's just no. dolls. It's real stupid. Well, that's uh, this one too. It's a truck, and it's got like a, a yeah. But at least there's like a pickled double headed pig. Yeah, which was it. clearly made of felt. It was clearly it was a, a stuffed very, pig head. It was very terribly fake. It was the worst prop this show has had so far. It might be, uh, and yeah. I think that was intentional. Because they've yeah. shown they can pull this stuff off. I mean, yeah, I know Joe visually. Dante wasn't directing this one, but they sure. had the budget to pull off decent props, and that was a bad prop. It was a very bad prop. Yeah. Um, they all right. So there's this, it's basically like like we are saying. There's mm-hmm. like uh, photographs of UFOs, but like crystal clear photographs of UFOs. And right. I liked a bit about like Simon at one point. He's like, "Oh man, how do you get those pictures so good? Ours always turn out so blurry." <laughs> it's like, yeah, because they're fake. Uh, which is my problem was you know immediately yes. that Professor Nigel Zircon is a fake, is a shyster, is a, yeah. is a shyster. Basically, this museum of the weird is being run by this guy, Professor Nigel Zircon. Marshall and Simon are huge fans of his work. He's of an express. He's a uh, uh, like. Uh, uh, paranormal psychiatrist psychologist scientist he says uh, at one point which i actually really enjoyed the the turn of phrase they show up they're oh it's you we're such big fans and he's like oh two fans of parabelievability which i think is a great term to describe all that horseshit yeah um it's good branding yeah yeah for sure uh they show up they're like obviously they're going to be huge fans uh we are introduced back again to now here's what was a moment of confusion for me from the ATM episode, yes, the guy I thought was the president of the bank and went to jail for defrauding whatever turns out to be the mayor is now the mayor of Erie Who, and is back. He may be both. He may be the president of the bank, bank and, and the also mayor. the mayor. He's yeah. definitely back from jail, mm-hmm. uh, one way or the other, because he definitely went to jail at the end of that last episode. Yes, um, and then did some community service, service. clipping. Oh up, well, he, up. he was already back because he was doing community. He's service. cleaning That's up right. litter. Sorry. Yeah. Well, now he's the mayor. Uh, he is. <laughs> He is upset that the Museum of the Weird has not applied for a permit and is not paying any taxes. Um, yeah. So he's going to chase them out of town. I like how they're making him seem very sinister while absolutely being just 100% right. Like, <laughs> he, literally a fucking charlatan has moved into town and is just bilking people out of money. And you're like, he's apparently, we're supposed to hate, he's like Walter Peck. We're supposed to hate him. Right. Like, not to step on Mike McCurry's bit, but he's the only one doing his fucking job. Yeah. Um, the kids are excited. He announces that a, a UFO is going to land in Erie or some piece of space. Space something. Space something, which they literally keep referring to it as a space thing throughout the whole episode, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Uh, it's going to land in Erie. And the kids are so excited. Like they're, they're I, There's moments where... They like Marshall and Simon have to be older than they are and more mature than they are to sort of handle a situation they're in. Yeah. And then there's moments where they just get to be kids, and yes. I like those moments equally. This is very much that moment. They're literally at one point in the backyard staring at the night sky with uh, with binoculars, eating macaroni and cheese, just waiting for the UFO. Like it's that's so, so fun. cute. Yes. I got mad at the dad because the dad, and rightfully so, yeah. the dad is like this guy's a fucking charlatan from the second he walks in, he hates it. But he's like going, for, you know, he's uh, you go with your kids and you'll see. Them. Mm-hmm. Stupid shit. Yeah. But when uh, Marshall eventually invites him to park the truck in the driveway, mm-hmm. he's in the house eating dinner, and he's like, "What is this?" Like he's so he's like just mad, and he's yelling at them, like, "No, it's not good that they're wasting their night sitting out in the yard. Why not leave them sitting out there on December looking for Santa Claus?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but like they're kids, man. Let them sit in the fucking yard and look for UFOs and eat macaroni and cheese. That seems so, like a nice night." Here's where we can get into the real. Ooh, this is what I liked about this episode. Okay. okay, so this episode clearly sets. This is the most the dad has really done since the ATM episode. 100. Oh, percent And, and also what they, they bring back that he's kind of. Uh, oh no, you know what? That was the last episode. I apologize. Yeah. No. No. Yes, this last episode, they bring back the inventorness because he's working on 
Uh, some in, sort of new coffee cake, industrial, industrial coffee, coffee cake, cake Which or why something. Experimental coffee cake. Coffee cake. Yeah, uh, that's will. real chewy for some reason. But I, I, whatever. Like I, they kind of forget every so often that he's an inventor, and yeah. every once in a while they bring it back with him having some weird thing. Some and stupid I, I invention. Enjoyed that. But anyway, he's okay. Yeah. So 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 he is clearly like a skeptic, and it when in confronted with all these wild outlandish theories, eventually he snaps and starts throwing his science man science at it, shooting yeah, yeah, down yeah. skepticism. Well, what's Marshall been doing this whole series? Coming up with all these paranormal theories, and they finally come to a clash about it. Like, whether or not this stuff this is whole episode, real. This yeah, whole yeah, episode this is episode a clash. That, yeah. And I think it established, finally, what's up with Marshall. He got daddy issues. <laughs> he got daddy issues big time. For sure. A hundred percent. And hearkening back to when Dad told fucking Marshall that Santa Claus doesn't exist. Exactly. And Santa's like, and Marshall says, yeah. And, and Well, there's a moment where he's like, He's telling Marshall that Dr. Zircon is a fucking fraud. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to see you get disappointed. It's like when you uh, found out that Santa Claus wasn't real and you sat in front of that fireplace all day with your, uh, with your Polaroid, went to take a picture of Santa Claus. And when he didn't come, you wouldn't even play with your toys. And I, I very much like that dad's like, I had a lot of fun playing. No, he goes, you wouldn't open your presents. He's like, now I had a lot of fun playing with your toy trains. <laughs> like, just picture that nerd of a dad in a basement playing choo-choo direct conductor or whatever. Um, but then Marshall says... Mm-hmm. Uh, he did show up. My camera just wasn't working. One. Did, okay, so huge moments. Yes. Did he find out that Santa isn't real in Erie? Not He hasn't, right? We have seen no, this was Christmas hasn't happened. It yep. had to be New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So is that the moment that Marshall's mental health broke? <laughs> and now the he, that's break? the psychotic break that has led Marshall to be mm-hmm. the crazy person that's imagined his town. Yes. And maybe that's why they left. Yes. New Jersey in the first place because they needed him out of that world to get maybe clear his head. I love that you were so on my wavelength with this. I was percent with you. Um, (laughs) Although, I mean, there are things I don't, whatever. It doesn't all match up. It doesn't all match up, but it matches up enough. Yeah. Um, Also, or is he just this, as we said in the previous episode, Mm. magnet for supernatural shit where in even in new jersey he's getting to see santa claus and the camera just doesn't work right and his dad doesn't believe him and his dad never believes him and to the point where he has started to behave like a child without parents he is super independent for sure he super ditches his family which is even included in the next episode as much as he can he hangs out with a kid who's basically an orphan too like his life is as parent free as he can possibly make it to the point where in the previous episode as soon as he literally was freed from the shackles of his parents yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm he, stealing his car. I'm li- I don't care if I live in this fucking netherworld right. between reality and fiction. Um, this out. So whether it's a psychological break and Marshall is evil Marshall uh, terrorizing this pleasant little town, or the town is weird and his dad doesn't believe him and is driving him crazy. Either way, we finally got like that conflict established yeah, yeah, really for, well. Very much so. And um, it's all played out through Professor Zircon, who is a fraud. Who is a fraud. Admits they, it at the end. Admits and, it at the end is shown from the beginning to be a fraud. Yeah, you know right away that he's planning to fake this thing and sell it. He's a, he's the music man, yeah, or he's the monorail guy from yeah. The Simpsons. He's yeah. blowing into small towns to build them out of money. Um, the guy who's his assistant, who's been a, has been in a thousand things. Yes, for a minute I thought died because he's out planting this. He's out. He's supposed to be out planting the fake piece of space. What space? Whatever. Right. When he runs into a Bigfoot, he runs into the Bigfoot from the credits. Yeah, but this Bigfoot's wearing a ribbon in his hair. Okay, so maybe I think it's Bigfoot's it's a, wife. I think it's a second Bigfoot. He is wearing a flat out, or she, or whoever is wearing a flat out ribbon in his hair. Right. Uh, and then we don't see the assistant till the very end. I spent the whole rest of this episode just assuming that was another <laughs> death chalked up to Erie because he disappears. The, he is shown with a specific piece of space thing that he has right. made and it's got like bulbs sticking out of it and all this stuff and then when marshall and his father and professor zircon who's been staying at their house shows up at where uh, marshall says he's seen the thing land it's a completely different piece of space thing yes so from that moment i was like oh that's going to be a real that this is a different piece of space junk than one they planted it's going to be a real space thing yeah whatever but then we don't see the assistant again and i was like oh fucking bigfoot killed that dude <laughs> uh unfortunately he turns up at the end i was a little disappointed that he was still alive there's um, also a wonderful scene where he's doing his music man shtick trying to sell this thing and the town's negotiators are oh, it's my favorite thing in the world the, the, the mayor yep the owner of the world of stuff who is inexplicably behaving like a hick all of a sudden yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. carrying well, around a weird. backpack vacuum cleaner like it's a shotgun and, and <laughs> talking like he's using phrases like we don't take 
kindly to strangers around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The robot cop is back. Robot cop is back, and and, uh, and, Elvis. and Elvis and Elvis. Those are the four town elders. And then in when they need, of... and then when they need more money, here's here's where we're going to get into the darkness of the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. turns up out of the blue? But the Japanese, a couple of rich Japanese people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which dawned on me during this episode number eleven that we've watched. Yeah, finally hit me. Oh, this is a 90s show because those Japanese people are the first non-white White people, people we've seen in the show. Yes. Period. The, and they're and they're villains. I mean, they're not necessarily they're not villains. villains. They're, just they're just stereotypes. Yeah, but they are the rich Japanese because that was the time when everyone was yeah. afraid the Japanese were going to buy out our country or whatever. Exactly. And, Wrong Asians, buddy. It's the Chinese. But that being said, right? Uh, but we've been yeah, in yeah. schools. We've been in town hall meetings. We've been in public. We've been yeah, and we've been all over this town. For sure. And it is white as shit. It's super white. Yeah, uh-huh. it's creepy white. It is. That's actually the creepiest thing about it's eerie. The eeriest thing. About <laughs> eerie. yeah, that's how white it is. How terrifyingly white it is. Yeah. I wonder how white normal Illinois is because that is a town that exists in this world because they reference it early on when the they go to the Museum of the Weird. The fun thing is there is no eerie Indiana. There is a normal, but Illinois. there is a normal <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> That's there, awesome. Absolutely, is a normal I Illinois. Enjoy that very much. There's also an Erie, Pennsylvania. For That's what it's true, worth. But, yeah, but it's not spelled right. Uh, I would very much. I very much. As I was watching this, I was thinking that I would really enjoy it uh, if this if Erie and Pawnee existed in the same universe. <laughs> I know. I was like, the same thing. If Erie's just like Pawnee. two towns over on the yes. other side. On it the other did side, get it that was Pawnee, like Pawnee Eagleton, Erie's on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, at the so and also I love that they set up the eerie and normal are like sister sister cities. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. So funny, it's great. Okay. Uh, um, so anyway, they're just about to. I was uh, well. Here's the thing I was going to say, okay, and I mentioned ahead. it. Bri- I'm sorry, I mentioned it briefly in a previous episode, when we were talking about the previous episode. Uh, but what I I was kind of disappointed that Professor Zircon just turned out to be a flat scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really hoping that he would either be like an adult ally for mm-hmm. Marshall to sort of ground this world. And okay, like I feel like if you had an adult, unless he was like a crazy homeless person, it would be a thing of like, oh, he, this it's real. We've got an adult with proof. Right. Marshall's just a kid, and he could be there like he could be, you know, shoulder not shoulder to lean on, but like sounding board. Maybe call him. He could be like a recurring character that, like, they when they really need help or something really dangerous has happened, and Professor Zircon shows up to save the day. I could have, I would have liked something more than just the obvious. He's been a scam the whole time, but that doesn't mean aliens aren't real, which is what the point of the episode. I absolutely agree, but I also think that it becomes more and more significant as this show goes on how committed it is. To keeping the possibility open that none of this, this is, is real. real. Yeah, for sure. And this is you know, concurrent with the X-Files. It's not like that was a trope of the time that you couldn't really have weirdness. It would weird people out. Like, right. no, you could have weird stuff happen in shows. They could have easily gone that route in any one of these episodes, but there's always an escape. There's always an out that you could logically explain everything that happens in the episode, including Elvis at one point. No, that's the next episode. Okay, we'll get to when Elvis in the next episode suddenly oh, yeah, seems yeah, a lot yeah, less yeah, like Elvis yeah, yeah, yeah. and a lot more like a mental patient person, everybody's just putting up 100%. with. 100%. Yes. We'll get to that for certain. I'm not sure why I wrote this note, but I wrote that Simon's definitely going to grow up to be knifed breaking up a fight like River Phoenix and Stand By Me, <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure why I wrote that, but I just feel like that's Simon's eventual life. He's I like that we're... kid that like has no parents, but he's a good kid. He's going to be in rough and tumble situations and not take him seriously. Well, you and uh-huh. I are going to write some awesome eerie fan. We're going to write some spec scripts <laughs> yeah, for the yeah, second yeah. season with like the, you know eerie Indiana, the next generation. Um, also, uh, uh, just a complete unimportant side note: <laughs> uh, their TV station is WERD. Yes, which I like very much. Which is Pawnee. The word with purr. Oh, holy shit! And it's yeah, spelled yeah, WERD. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, it makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> I, <coughs> Marshall and his dad have it out. Yep. The dad has told, they have the Santa Claus conversation, the whole nine yards. Uh, because once they find the space thing, the whole town believes it's real. They're on the news talking about it. Um, the, the town elders are trying to buy it from yes. Professor Zircon. For one million for, dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. For full-on Dr. Evil amounts of money. Um, <laughs> but... Marshall also says, like, you know, this is all starting to feel a little, yep. little fake to me. They break into the truck and they find all the proof in the world that Dr. Zircon's completely fake. He, which I like very much <laughs> that they find that proof 
uh, 100% cataloged in a file cabinet. It's yes. in folders called fake IDs. Yes. There's one called, like, fake UFO plan, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, it's literally everything. It's just there in black and white. Professor Zerkov is nothing if not organized For sure. in his scammery. Uh, I, I like that the guy who owns the world of stuff is selling t-shirts that says, I've been to, pa- I, I will say Pawnee, I've been to Erie and I saw the space thing. That's it. <laughs> not UFO, not nothing. Just I saw the space thing. Uh, uh, I like that very much. Uh, so they fought. He finds the evidence. He goes and sit. The town is about to spend a million dollars on this thing, which they don't have. They cause... don't have. They're definitely going to go into debt. That bank guy is real bad with money. So far, <laughs> his investments have been uh, uh, an evil robot ATM and a piece of space junk. This is um, why the world of stuff is the only you know going concern business in this world. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> They uh, Marshall comes in and saves the day, convinces mm-hmm. you know, proves that the thing is fake. He's got the thing of fake IDs. He's got yep. the whatever. Uh, Professor Zircon takes off the town. Pro- Professor pro- Zircon wrote in his file that was yeah. written down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> plot, not only the plot for how he was going to pull off the scheme, but yeah, said yeah. this will work best if I find a small rural town with a money grubbing mayor. mayor. And yeah, the yeah, mayor is yeah. the one who reads Re- it out loud. It's kind it's, of a great moment. It's pretty. That's a good beat. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the town is you We're left to believe that the town has run Professor Zircon out of town on a rail. Yeah. Um, Marshall is back sitting outside with Simon. They have the space they thing. They get the space thing. It's like a thing. trophy Whatever. They're like, for and, saving the town. <laughs> and Simon's like, hey, maybe we should put it in the vault. And so Marshall's like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking that too, even though we know it's fake. <laughs> Professor Zircon shows up with his assistant. Out of the alive. bushes. Just literally out of the bushes. The truck, who knows where that truck went. Um, <laughs> Got repossessed, I And guess. he shows up and he's literally like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a fraud. I could give you all the reasons, and I thought you deserved an explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I could tell you about my alimony payments and my truck payments and all this, but really, I just wanted to do one last big score so I could get out of this thing. People believe what they want to, blah blah blah. This is his belief for being a which a was a scam. real stand up thing for Zircon yeah, to do for sure. Yeah, um, I also like that his British accent turned out to be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't like sure. he dropped it and got some like Mississippi. Yeah, accent which would have I, I kind of was expecting them to do. Yeah, but they didn't. Uh, he's like, you know, UFOs aren't real, ghosts aren't real, Bigfoot isn't real. And the assistant's like, Bigfoot is absolutely real. Uh, and then they, and then the and they, the assistant's like, that's not the space thing that I made. And he's like, right. my, he's like mine was my, way better. Mine was more, way more realistic. That thing doesn't even flash, doesn't have any flashlights on it or whatever. Yeah. At which point the space thing turns on, lights up, flies away. And Simon gets... Gets four or multiple five photographs from like, finally shoots from it. like four feet away. Yes, and they are complete garbage. Blur, they literally <laughs> just like at one point he's like that looks like a white dot on a black background. That's <laughs> the only that's what they say about it. But we've got two more adults witnessing mm-hmm. what is to at least should be if a real thing yes. clear examples of paranormal or UFO extraterrestrial activity in Erie. Um, yes, although I'm going to. I'm going to stick to my theory just a little bit here. Those two adults were run out of town For being by the mayor. Frauds. Yeah, yeah. No, and then came back when no other adults were, were around, around out, out of the of, bushes. Out of the black darkness. From nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Were, they, were, those, were they really there or was this just Marshall kind of explaining everything to himself to keep his delusions and alive? And then, yeah, yeah. God damn it. But I, <laughs> I also feel like, like I want that to be real, but then like no, there's Simon enough also now. has to be... Just going along with so like basically. the next episode fucks it all up. My theory Although, does fair, die in the next episode. If we're gonna fight club it, yeah. If we're gonna fight club it, there were plenty of people that watched Ed Norton talk to himself. Yeah, that's true. And just went along just with, went with that. It. So that's could could be Simon, whatever. Um, Simon doesn't exist. No, Simon. Absolutely. No, well, I think Simon could not exist because literally, who interacts with Simon? His parents and maybe the world of stuff guy, but they literally just like could be in, like allowing their kids' imaginary friend. Yeah. Oh no, that's not true. The school nurse. No, no, he's he's shit. been around the yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, Simon yeah. is real. For I think sure. Simon is buying into Marshall shit because Marshall is the closest thing he's got to a parent. Word. So he's just going to yeah. believe whatever he says because at least his delusions are benign. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and exciting. Jesus, <laughs> this show is fucking dark. Um, <laughs> I like this episode. Yeah. I didn't think it was quite as good as the previous episode. Um, but there was a, like a, like the stuff with the dad I thought was really strong. Really good. Really established like a lot of character shit. Uh, I'm disappointed, as I was with the previous episode, that these two characters they introduced didn't become more than just... I Even with him being a fraud, mm-hmm. they could have... You ever see Fright Night? Yeah. They could have made him fucking... 
Yeah, the fraud uh, who turns out to be Eddie right, Cowell actually. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could have done that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they could have made, oh, he's a fraud, but in the end, he sees this proof of the UFO flying away, and now he's, like, on board or whatever. I thought he was going to confess when he confessed his last speech that this particular space thing thing was a fraud. But that was because he was out of money and he hadn't seen anything in a while. He hit a dry spell, but everything else was real. Yeah, yeah. I that thought was, he'd go there. It's better that they did. Like, yeah. make it a re- like everything was a fraud. Nice clean break. For sure. Okay, um, so this last episode. Brings us to t- the Tornado Day. Is tornado the name of this Day. Episode? I, didn't, I didn't buy it. I don't buy any of this. It doesn't make, it doesn't hold up on, all right, so... <laughs> The premise is that... <laughs> the premise is so dumb. It's this is the dumbest fucking, premise. It's paper fucking thin. Um, Marshall is... Marshall express and voiceover expresses some shit about how he thinks that e- uh, even the bad weather in Erie is out to get him. Yeah. Um, and Erie <laughs> celebrates bad weather. Every, there's, a, there's something called Tornado Day. Every year... Every year this tornado named Old Bob... <laughs> Shows because you know how there's reoccurring on the tornadoes same day, on the same day, and the way they celebrate that is by having an outdoor door picnic. picnic. Yeah, 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 yeah. This a uh, bunch of stuff in a field. Uh, they have like raffles and shit, but and his sister has somehow in her Some... first year in Erie become Miss Tornado, tornado Day. day. Who knows the fuck? And she's wearing this killer dress with pretty a great. fucked up tornado hat. That headdress is pretty oh, fantastic. It's awesome. It's like a big funnel cloud sticking out the side of her head. It's super. It almost feels like like Beetlejuicy in yes. like a like super over the top camp level it, of of it whatever. Was like good and there's a lot drag. of that in this episode. It was. It, it, it was, could have been on RuPaul's it, Drag yeah, Race. Yeah, it was good drag for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Marshall, being the apparently only one with any sense, <laughs> says, no, I'm not going to some fucking picnic that we know a tornado is going to show up at. <laughs> that the whole point of is that every year a fucking tornado comes to this town. I'm staying inside. Uh, they're like, oh, come on. There's raffle tickets. Have fun or whatever. The parents are like, ah, stop being a pussy and come out to the fucking tornado day. Uh, he's, he's no, we're not doing that. The right. parents tell him like, okay, if something, nothing's going to happen because apparently the thing is old Bob shows up every year. <laughs> And as the dad says, he takes one swing around the trailer park and then he goes away, <laughs> um, which, I, which is just and, fucked up classism. And it's established. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. It's if he, fine. The, the yeah. tornado wrecks the trailer park. Takes a year. swipe at the trailer park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, and the, the, uh, uh, the, they establish later that the reason for the festival is that it keeps old Bob happy and therefore right. he doesn't destroy the town. So it's like this weird Groundhog Day type superstition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That completely ignores the fact that that's a ridiculous thing to have happen every year. It's insanely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. The tornadoes don't reoccur. Like, yes, no. the areas are prone to tornadoes, but they're not the same tornado. It's and a ter- he, terrible, stupid premise. We also didn't name tornadoes until recently because the Weather Channel <laughs> yeah, was yeah, desperate yeah. for things to name. But, like, the, you don't name a tornado. Right, right, right. You know, uh, that's like naming a stillborn... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that. So, that. we're not editing shit. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the parents leave. Yeah. Maybe five seconds later. Less than a minute. Yes. Less than a minute later... A fucking tornado hits the house. Right. To punish to Marshall. Punish, as we find out later, to punish Marshall and Simon for not attending and genuflecting appropriately to old Bob. Old Bob is mad. Old Bob is mad. But here's my problem. It's like a minute later. Yeah. The parents aren't going to turn around and check on their fucking kid who literally a minute. Like, the parents, they close the door. The kids turn around. They look at the television. There's a news guy who goes, oh, shit, there's a tornado coming. The tornado shows up. It is that fast. The parents, I'm so, they couldn't have even gotten off the block yet. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck them to the point that we eventually we re- meet up with the parents at Tornado Day. Tornado Day has been moved inside the world of stuff. Because of it's, it's town hall. It's, it's town hall. For sure, it's town hall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tornado Day has been moved with indoors of the, with the world of stuff. Yeah. Everybody else is kind of just milling about and having fun. All the, the characters are there. The, Elvis is there. Elvis is there. Yeah. Uh, but the parents are hiding under a table because they're afraid of this tornado to just happen. Right. Everybody else is like, oh, that's just old Bob. Don't worry about it. But they're <laughs> afraid of this tornado to the point of they're like, oh, we should check on Marshall. And the dad's like, oh, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> Fuck you! You pieces of shit! Your kid! You know for a fact that a tornado just went down your street. He does call. Eventually, but it takes him a minute. 
And then, eventually, he has to be like, oh, I'll give him a call. So we'll I see if he's fine. Think, I don't think old Bob hits their house at that point. I think it's like a, a prelude gust. It's and, enough and it deposits. that... Well, it's enough that shit from the tornado... Like, they're inside, and the house rattles. Yes. And... Leaves here's the, the main here's the main crux of the episode. Yeah, uh, he they walk outside and there's this like metal barrel essentially, right? Uh, that says Tornado Rider on the side, and out pops a dude. Name's Howard. Oh yeah, I fucking love Howard. Howard was the best thing about this episode. Only good thing about this episode. Howard, uh, if you've watched TV, you've seen a thousand times. He was a uh, in Max Headroom. He's yes. the uh, he's on the he was in the stand the TV miniseries of the stand. Uh, He's just—he's been in a thousand things that I can't think of. And not only that, but the character work he chose to perform in this episode, not only is it on point, but it is Jim Carrey better than Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This was like, felt like full P- on a Jim Carrey like, character. He felt like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. Like it felt yes. like like a like somebody fell out of that world. He was, yeah. But I was just like, wow, you are a better Jim Carrey than Jim Carrey. I loved it. It wasn't too over the top, but it was the whip smart timing, and yeah, God, yeah. it was great. I, I loved yeah. it. I, he was my favorite part of this episode. Yeah. Um, he pops up out of this thing, and he's the one that tells us he's been riding inside this tornado um, since Indianapolis. Since I guess. He picked it up in Indianapolis the day before. Uh, <laughs> he he knows where it's going to form every year because it forms the same place every year. Yeah. Um, he's got this fucking radio thing that can translate tornado speak. Yep. You speed it up or clean up the or audio or something, and it, it sounds is. like an old uh, lady talking into a plastic tube. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really couldn't understand. The first time he plays the thing, yeah. they're like, oh, it just sounds like wind. And he's like, ah, that's what everybody says. But wait, and they turn it, and it's supposed <laughs> to have said something that I couldn't make out at all. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. he's like, well, listen to this, and it's the thing's just going, Marshall. <laughs> because they're pissed. it's pissed that Marshall didn't go to fucking tornado day. Right. Um, which is fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> and I'm down for weird. I'm watching this show and genuinely enjoying it. I like paranormal shit, but fucking wind this doesn't have so sentience. Dumb. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, I mean, I give them a little bit of credit for trying an entirely new thing. This like is that, yeah. This is a, this is not a, a play on vampires. It's not a time travel. It's an entirely new thing, but it fucking fell flat. And they poke a little bit of fun at themselves because they ask, you know, the meteorologist when he's given them all this exposition while making himself a ham sandwich in the funniest way <laughs> I've ever seen anybody make a ham sandwich. <laughs> uh, he just says, oh, of course they're real. Why do you think we named them? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, that's yeah. not how logic works. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent. Uh yeah, he tells us that he's from NOAA, the National Organization Oceanic and Administration, um, Aeronautics, which is a real thing. Which is a real thing. Yeah, uh, he's a meteorologist. He's been he what he wants to do is ride this tornado because once he gets inside it with his little boombox that he calls his fucking who knows transmitter what, whatever, Babbley yeah. Bob. Uh, he can steer the tornado from inside of it, and if he rides it over Lake Erie, the cold air will just make it disperse, right. and it'll disappear. We find out... It's interesting that he's aiming for Lake Erie and when Lake Michigan's right there, but that's okay. Fucking, again, I don't know fucking <laughs> geography any better than those kids. Did, I, so I don't I'll know what your, he has against Ohio. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> okay. um, so uh, he says he's going to ride the tornado over that. Yep. We come to find out that the reason he wants to do that is because he and a bunch of his friends at the at NOAA were obsessed with tornadoes, and he led a seven-person team inside into this into old bob t- yeah. last year and he was the only one to make it out alive so howard even howard who I, is an incredibly goofy character like we, yes. i like him i love it like we said but he's like got a white scarf that's flying behind him and like goofy goggles he is a very jovial delightful character responsible for six deaths he's a yes. dark horse fucking character and the minute he he admits that he gets darker yeah. he gets Shit he changes. gets like i do not care about human life at all yeah. totally willing to use the kids <gasps> as bait holy fuck yeah. so he when he decides what he decides to do is he's like if we can uh hook up my fucking boom box to the to the town has these like siren speakers uh, for tornado, a, tornado warning, warning system, warning system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh he can broadcast something that's gonna he kind of leads the kids to believe we'll get old bob to go away right well like apologize um, over the loudspeakers yeah uh they're up in this tower in front of – and here's a thing that I think is missing from all production, TV, movie, whatever. Stock footage. Yeah. Is, it just – it <laughs> has such magical. a fucking ma- – like homey. Yeah. It just feels like so nostalgic. But there's a sh- – like they're like, oh, shit, it's old Bob. And they turn to just 
40-year-old stock footage of a tornado. It is the most ridiculous, out-of-place shot, but I fucking love it. Well, and a, fits in so well to oh, the yeah. aesthetic of the show. Yeah, the homage to old monster movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very much a part and posture with that, yeah. Perfect. Yes. Um, him so, and Marshall, Marshall Matt figures out some way of like hooking jumper cables up between the things, the speaker to whatever. It's so fucking flimsy. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to broadcast this thing from the speakers, all the speakers in town, and what we find out that Howard broadcasted was, "Hey, old Bob, you piece of shit!" Like <laughs> he literally is just taunting the tornado. It's just like, "Get out of here, you fucking weak wind" or whatever he calls it. He yeah, says big a bunch, bag of wind or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just taunts it, yeah. uh, because he wants it to come back so that he can climb into it and ride and it into, ride the, it sunset. into the sunset or whatever. But to do that, it's going to destroy all of fucking Erie and yeah. fucking and Marshall's like, "Hey, man, you're gonna just a lot of people. What are you doing? Like that's." That's, like you're gonna get people killed, and he's like, ah, I'm gonna ride into the what? He's just yelling like a crazy person, right? Uh, yeah, Howard has changed. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I also feel like the second Howard becomes darker, Marshall gets more into this tornado thing. Yes, like Marshall's way more into like figuring out what's going on with this tornado and being out in it. Oh, you mean I can kill up to six people at a time with this thing? <laughs> he literally, when it was just a picnic. Didn't want to leave his house. No. But the second it's like, oh, danger and death are about, Marshall's on his fucking bicycle. Yep. Um, so the tornado, big old, uh, old Bob comes back. It destroys yes. the tornado rider. So you don't know how he's going to get back into the tornado. And it starts heading for the town. And now, didn't it they, is this where the they town. cut to the world of stuff and everybody's inside the world of stuff and suddenly Elvis starts leading the town in a church spiritual? Elvis starts singing Nearer My God to Thee. <laughs> While not at all sounding like Elvis. No. Uh, just sounding like a person. So maybe this guy's just a fucking crazy person dressed like Elvis, as you said previously. Yes. Uh, but the town in that moment are all scared for their life, so they all start they singing. They start singing. And I love the idea that between last episode where he's on the core negotiation team for the space thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now that he's leading the, the town in prayer, that he is sort of their spiritual figure. Like Elvis <laughs> yeah. is sort of their witch doctor. Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's in the town council. He's definitely up there. Um, they have we forgot to mention but previous in the episode they set up that one of the things at this picnic is they're giving away a, like a tiny Winnebago not a Winnebago but like a camper yeah a little trailer a little, a little trailer yeah, like yeah. you can sleep in or whatever mm-hmm. so they decide oh instead of the tornado rider that got destroyed we can put uh, Howard in this thing and this will go into the tornado and he can steer it out yeah. away from town or whatever Fucking Marshall and Simon are driving into the fucking eye of the storm. It's like Twister out there. Um, <laughs> it's fucking, such a dumb episode. It's so dumb. I, I mean, left- the, 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 the envisionment of, of a tornado is that, boy, it got windy. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, at yeah, all yeah. realistic. It's just, boy, it, really, that's all it is. Yeah. It's literally just like newspapers flying around. Mm-hmm. Um, I did very much enjoy, though, when... Uh, they're going to take the, the trailer, mm-hmm. the Winnebago, and Simon's like, oh, isn't this stealing? And Marshall's like, ah, oh, fine. So he runs up to where the raffle like the raffle tickets are and pulls out a bunch of tickets. And then fucking Marshall's Simon's like, oh, pick mine, pick mine. He's like, what's your number? <laughs> oh, 103. He's like, oh, would you look at that? It's 103. Get in the goddamn tra- tra- trailer, Simon. I'm sick of you. And uh, Simon's, Simon's super stoked super to win stoked. something. He's like, I never win anything. This is great. Um, <laughs> now, here's what I don't understand. Poor Simon. They take, do they take the trailer with them? Because basically what happens is they get to the trailer, they get Howard in the trailer, and then Howard realizes he's forgotten his fucking boombox boom thing that he's supposed to use to steer the tornado. Yeah. Um, I kind of tuned out at this point in this episode. It had, it had fully lost me. Understandable. Yeah. The only other good moment is when... Uh, the sister is flirting with Raybo- with a uh, robot cop. Oh yeah, and robot cop's like, I laugh at danger, and then like the door blows open and a tree branch comes in, and he goes, "Ha!" Like that's his, <laughs> his response. I really enjoyed that. A um, tree branch is like obviously by a stagehand oh, shaken shake. into yeah, the yeah. door. Yeah, For a thousand percent. Yes. Uh, um, they don't have the thing, the the boombox. Right. The next shot is there at the house. Marshall and Simon are back at the house. Yeah. They go inside. Marshall gets the boombox and is like, Howard needs this. And he goes back outside and the trailer's just there. Right. But they didn't have a – it's not a, it's not a, like an RV. It's not a thing you can drive. It's just a hitch trailer like you would hitch up to the back of a truck or something. So how it got from the town square 
to Marshall's house. I have Who no knows? fucking idea, and I don't think the writers did either. That's how shitty, how yeah. little people clearly cared about this. No, episode. they lost the thread of their own weirdness at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. just like, let's just end this episode. Uh, he comes out, he gives him the thing. This I, I kind of liked, because uh, Howard's like, get out of it, get back in the house! And Marshall's like, you forgot this! And <laughs> Howard's <laughs> like, that was very brave of you! Marshall's like, what? And he's like, that was very brave of you! Marshall's like, huh? He's like, that would be- get back in the house already. Like, I like <laughs> that beat of taking a long time to tell him how brave he is instead of just getting him back in the house. I actually laughed. Was at. There was funny. moments like that that made me laugh, but as a whole, the show's. It was, it was all around Howard. Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. Howard did was pretty damn funny. 100%. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the, they're shaking hands and the trailer starts to lift off the ground. In my head, I'm like, let the fuck go. You're, no. uh, you're six inches off the ground. Just run back inside. Uh, they do the opposite, and they hold. Uh, Howard keeps holding his hand, which, like, is he trying to kill Marshall? I don't understand the plan yeah, here. The sacrifice to old is Bob? Marshall holding on to Howard because uh, he wants to ride the death machine. You know, um, they are both sucked up into the tornado. Howard's glove slips off, yeah. and Marshall goes flying off into the tornado. Cut to world of stuff. The parents walk outside. Uh, everyone, everyone's like leaving the world of stuff because the tornado is passed. Yep. Uh, the mom finds Marshall's coat on the ground and is like, "Oh, this looks familiar. It's your <laughs> fucking kid's coat, you terrible parent." Uh, she eventually figures that out. Yep. Um, this is where Simon comes running up. So yes. I don't understand where Simon's even coming from at this point. I don't know how close um, they live to the world of stuff. Apparently, next door. Yeah. Um, but that's not true because in the previous episode we told me about his ghost. They had to ride their bikes. All the way down it there. It seemed like a mile or two downtown. Yeah, with, you the, know? Girl, with the old yeah, woman. Right. Any fucking way. Okay. This is where Marshall's like, or where Simon's like, Marshall, Mars, where you at? Like, yeah. he calls him Mars again. Yep. Uh, they're looking around, fucking, here's a, I'm so annoyed. They pick up, like, his fucking pants. Like, they're finding all this shit of Marshall's. <laughs> the mom's, the, the mom's like, oh, this is kind of, this isn't good or whatever. And the dad's like, oh, it's fine. It's just old Bob. Like He's literally, the dad is so dismissive of anything could possibly have happened to this yes. kid who just got sucked into a fucking tornado. And after establishing that dad is Mr. Skeptical Mr. Science Skeptical person, science it's just guy, like, right? oh, well, old Bob has a personality and he's, yeah, yeah. he's harmless and, and also exists and everything's fine, fine with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm fucking annoyed. So anyway, yeah. we cut to Marshall's just up a tree. Yeah. Because uh, at one point, Mar- they're like, Marshall's too... And then custom Marshall in the tree is like, uh, how about smart or good looking? Blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah. here. Um, like, Marshall, get out of that tree. Simon's like, hey, what happened to Howard? And it was all, oh, he's up in the tornado, whatever. I guess we'll never know. Oh, uh, we know. He died. Like, he he's, died. He's a thousand percent dead because old Bob just went away. There's no, like, yeah. there's no reference to old Bob dissipated over fucking Lake Erie. Nope. There's none of that shit. Old Bob's going to be back next year, and he just killed the seventh member of that fucking meteorologist team. Old Bob finished the job. <laughs> a thousand percent. And I feel like Marshall, if we're going with the Marshall is a crazy person. Notch on his belt. It's just a guy who just helped a man kill. Uh, helped yeah. another cra- a man who was destroyed by the fact that six of his friends felt guilt-ridden by the fact that six of his friends were killed yep. at his discretion commit suicide by climbing into a fucking tornado i hated this episode i like the performances i feel like everybody gave it their all it was their well all, directed but it, was, but it was just it didn't fit anything else that had been happening and it killed the streak the of like of the really building. solid really good momentum stuff. building yeah. episodes I thought it was at the end of this episode, and I'm just rem- remembering now that it was the end of the last episode. There was one thing I wanted to point out about Simon. So, um, Simon, our dad and Marshall are sitting down and having like a make good heart to heart where it's like, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if you're into paranormal stuff and I'm into skepticism. Like, I'll always be here. The one thing you can count on is your parents will always be here to love you. Right. And Simon is sitting right there and literally starts crying. Holy shit, I didn't even see that. He yeah they they actually hold on it a little bit like you know Marshall leans into his dad and it's a touching moment yeah, and yeah, Marshall yeah. starts to cry Jesus Christ and then cuts. <laughs> fucking Jesus man this show that is, is hard this world is that this is like yeah that's almost too much it, well, like it I like a, it but it's clearly like fucking it was a jokey like he pulls a hanky out and blows oh, his nose but, cry what what but, crying. you know what Yo, yeah 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 of yeah of course yeah. that set him off for sure he Damn. has parents that don't love him yeah. that's real fucking sad. <laughs> Oh my god, that really bums me out. Uh, sorry. No, it's fine, but fucking uh, god damn it, man. I'm hoping it picks. I'm hoping the tornado thing's an anomaly, and that you know the the next few episodes come back to the good stuff. For sure, I, I hope so too, because yeah. I feel like it was in a real. We had like five 
in a yes. row that I was like, this show's just fucking finding itself, mm-hmm. really working out its kinks, and this was just a fucking disaster. Yeah, it really, was a natural disaster. With a standout, awesome performance from Howard. I and, thought he was great. Right, and the world of stuff business was hilarious, yeah, and the direction yeah, 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 you know, yeah. by this guy. Uh, Ken Quapis, yeah, Ken for sure. Quapis it was great. great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just the writing was just, the that whole was idea was dumb idea. completely fucking flat. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, this will be out tomorrow. Okay, yeah. Once again, on uh, Friday the 15th at the New Movement, Date or Die, a new game show I am hosting in which people have to go on blind dates live on stage and I will fuck with them. That sounds fucking awesome <laughs> yep. and terrifying. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm headlining Cap City May 4th through the 7th uh, with uh, Dave Ross from uh, the Terrified Podcast. He's going to be featuring. It's going to be a really good show. I'm doing a bunch of Moon Tower shit. Uh, I'm going to be in New York, so I'm sure I'll like check me out the 23rd through the 26th. I'll be in town, so I'm sure I'm jumping on shows. I'll post it again next week. Uh, otherwise, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, please. That really helps us. Also, you can subscribe on Stitcher. If you like it, tweet it. Tell your friends, man. That's how people hear about fucking podcasts, because that's the only way you can hear about podcasts. <laughs> uh, that being said, we're going to keep this going. I had a good response to doing american gothic next it is available on hulu so you can watch them for, well you have to have hulu but who the fuck doesn't have somebody's hulu password right uh so we can do that next possibly if people still like it but i think that's what we're gonna do but that being said we still got a few more of these so keep watching Indiana, and we'll see you next week